Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to Lisa's Backyard Campfire. <laughs> I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. And we are joined today by our dear friend Lisa McDermott. Thank you for joining us and thank you for hosting us. We are camped in Lisa's backyard right now. We are enjoying some time with her and her husband, Carl. Well, we're so excited to have you guys. It is a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. We are literally camped in a postcard, in my opinion. For sure. It is beautiful here. Before we go too far, I want to remind people that if you are traveling and you find the perfect route to get from one place to the other, make sure that you've looked at an RV Safe GPS to make sure that you can actually do that in your travel trailer or your motorhome towing a car or something because sometimes the fastest or shortest route might not be the safest for towing. And so I want you to not end up in places where you have to make crazy u-turns or back up for half a mile or or any of those other things we've done (laughs) hey i was only going one way (laughs) so just a quick reminder that like our phones use the gps that will talk to us through the bluetooth on the car stereo and that's great but i always go to rv life and verify that we are using a route that we can actually use in our rig. We've seen several posts recently where people got into some trouble taking the rigs places where they shouldn't be. Yeah. And so an RV safe GPS, and we've advocated using RV Trip Wizard, which is part of RV life for some time now. Traveling with your RV is the best way to get around. Yeah, but you want to do it safely, so using your phone's GPS can lead you down some potentially dangerous places. For sure. That's why we love RV Trip Wizard, part of the RV Life Suite, which lets you plan your journeys before you go, and then use the RV Life app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate your journey. Yeah, you can set parameters such as how far you like to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of campgrounds. It also takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard, and we have a great deal for you. 25% off your annual subscription. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on stresslesscamping.com where you can listen to our interview with RV Life and learn about the whole RV Life suite and save your RV while you save on an RV Life subscription. Now Now that's Stressless Camping. Well, we are back as South Dakota residents. That's right. We know we have been talking about New Mexico, and we'll get into why we didn't (laughs) say we are New Mexico residents. Right. There's some reasons. But we are now officially South Dakota residents. And Lisa McDermott, who is the VP of Operations and the South Dakota Girl Camper Guide, also happens to be an attorney. Right. And a friend of ours. <laughs> and so that's why we're, we wanted to have her here, because we wanted to share with you our experience of becoming South Dakota residents and some of the advantages of doing so. And if we say anything 
that we misunderstood or we've done wrong or we just don't know all the details, Lisa's going to pipe in and make sure that at least you get the right information, <laughs> even if we did Because didn't. we did get some funny information, let's just say. Let's say. Before we, we started this. Lisa does have our fingers wired to an electric shock machine. <laughs> so if we do say something wrong, bzzzt, no, I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> Welcome, Lisa. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It is a pleasure to be mooching off your beautiful yard and again back in the Black Hills, which is it's just so beautiful here. And you and Carl are just so enjoyable to spend time with. Well, thank you. We sure appreciate having you guys. You're always fun and you're such easy guests to have. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be said that we are easy. Oh, okay, oh, dear. That might get cut. That may get cut. So why did we choose South Dakota? Well, let's back up as to what lit the fire under our keisters to do this. It's California. That's the answer. Oh, well, okay. There you go. <laughs> as you all know, we did just get a new Rockwood Mini Light 2205S. We did. We bought it in Indiana. Right. And as such, the thinking is, well, we buy it there and then we get it licensed back in California where... Somebody please still buy our house. <laughs> they haven't yet. And so we do still have a house there that's on the market. So the thinking is, well, we'll just get our California plates. But in the meantime, we have all these trips planned, including two weddings, just all these adventures. And so we called California to find out when they were going to mail our license plates so that we would know to call our mailbox place and have them forwarded to wherever we were. And we found out that they're not going to mail our license plates because in California, in order to register a new vehicle, you have to take that vehicle to the DMV office for them to verify the VIN number on the vehicle. So in other words, we'd have to haul the trailer. Now, of course, if you buy it from a California dealer, that is not the case. You know, you don't have to, you don't go buy a new whatever and take it to the DMV. Right. If you buy it in California, you don't have to do that. But since we bought it out of state, that was the requirement for us to get registration in California. And that just didn't fit into our summer plans. <laughs> no. And so we're like, well, now what? Well, we have some friends, Cheryl and Terry, who recently became South Dakota residents. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, you know, you can do it pretty much in a day. And then you change your residency. And there's a lot of advantages to being a South Dakota resident. And so we thought, well, we're theoretically gonna not have a real home base for a while why not right <laughs> that's how we make a lot of important life decisions important life decisions bought, we literally oh, have bought a bed and breakfast on a whim so yeah. we're a little nuts or a lot nuts <laughs> so for full-time RVers one of the decisions is what to call your domicile state and maybe it's going to be the state that you started out in, grew up in, whatever. But for some people, that may not work. There's a lot of reasons not to declare California as a domicile state if you don't really live there, like high taxes and difficult DMV and things like that. Yeah. So some of the states that are really friendly to full-time RVers are Texas, Florida, and South Dakota. And each of those states does have its own advantage and disadvantage. For example, we have friends who have domiciled in Florida specifically because they have 
children of school age and are road schooling. And from what they've told us, Florida has uh, great rules for that. So it's worth looking into depending on your circumstances. Right. So the decision isn't the same for everyone. One of the main, as we said, main factors for our decision making was South Dakota was the closest and Sort of, sort of on our route through where we were going anyway. Yeah. Well, we had to change our route a little bit. And we did, obviously, because here we are. But here are some other advantages. If you're a full-time RVer or you're on the road, there is no state income tax in South Dakota. Their vehicle registration fees are much lower than California and lower in general than a lot of places. Not, Mm -hmm. you know, not all, I'm sure. I'm sure not. For example, our 2015 Ram 1500, right? It's a seven-year-old pick-em-up truck. Our annual registration was almost $400. Right. That is not going to be the case here in South Dakota. No. Apparently, the vehicle insurance rates are lower. So if you're a resident of South Dakota or you have domiciled in South Dakota, check your insurance if you've made that change because you may find a significantly lower vehicle insurance cost. I want to keep reminding people that we're from California. So our comparison is from California to South Dakota and pretty much everything is less money. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, that may not be the case. That might not be a reason for you to declare South Dakota because maybe where you are, insurance rates are better. So don't take everything we say and say, oh, I'm going to do exactly what Tony and Peggy did. Well, almost never you want to do exactly what Tony and Peggy do. <laughs> But I mean, there may be advantages. For example, let's say you own property in another state or you have other reasons to have that be a residency. Again, each person is different, but we're just kind of sharing our experience with changing. And again, because at the moment we are full-time RVers and we do not plan, even if we buy property in New Mexico, which is ultimately the goal, we only plan to be there a very short time every year. It'll be sort of a place for our stuff to live yeah. that we pay for. That we can visit once yeah, in a while. Yeah, we can visit our stuff here <laughs> and there. Essentially, that's the goal. Right. This could be a long-term decision or a short-term. But the bottom line, we do have our trailer legally registered now. And that's kind of... Cool. That was important to us. And that, as we said, that was kind of the thing that started all this is we had dealer tags on the travel trailer those only last a certain amount of time. We didn't really have plans to get back to California anytime soon. And when we found out that you have to go to California to register, there's no way we were going to even be able to get back there before the paper tags, the dealer tags expired. So we were in a little bit of a spot, which, you know, is not uncommon. For no, us. not uncommon for us. <laughs> but as John and Kathy always said, this is why you always set your plans in jello. Absolutely. Because if you set them in concrete and you absolutely have to go on the route you're on and you can't reroute and go to South Dakota, you might have trouble getting your yeah, or trailer registered right. or whatever the story might be. So what did it take for us to become South Dakota residents? You need an address in South Dakota and you might say, well, then I'm going to go and buy a piece of land or whatever. Well, nay, nay, you do not have to do that. But you can, sure. You can, of course, absolutely. (laughs) But there are a number of organizations that exist that will provide you with a mailing address. So first you need to have a receipt for having spent the night in South Dakota. I kid you not, that is the basic requirement. Then you take your receipt 
and you get a mailbox at a mailbox place. And there are a number of them in South Dakota and Texas and Florida and all, you know, all these what they call domicile states. We chose America's Mailbox as they're here in South Dakota. They're affiliated with and recommended by the FMCA. And we have friends who also use them and have been pleased with their service. Right. And what they do for you is they're essentially a P.O. Box Plus. Right. So they notify you when you get mail. You can have them scan what's inside an envelope, but they'll scan the envelope so that you know what, you know, your mail looks like. Ooh, look, I got a <laughs> jury summons. Oh, don't even talk about that. <laughs> and then they can either just, you know, email you what it's the scan so you know what it said, or you can have everything packaged up and forwarded to wherever you are. There is a cost for that feature, of course. And so there's a pool of money they ask you to keep full. So you put some money in ahead of time and that way there's always postage available for them to forward packages of mail to you when you get them at their mailbox. Yeah, and there are also charges to have the mail scanned and such. It's small, but there's still, you know, it, it it's still there. And they offer various plans. And one of the things, Peggy has also written an article that accompanies this. And there will be a spreadsheet of the specific costs there. So you can see those if you're curious. Again, specific for us. Right. That's what we paid in all of that. But it gives you an idea. And there will be links out to these places on the Stressless Camping website. So this America's Mailbox place, you might say, well, where am I going to spend the night As for my one-night official <laughs> stay? Well, they have a campground. That's right. They have a campground that offers either full hookups or boondocking sites. They also have like a hotel. So you have a room, you know, you can get a night in their hotel and then you've still got that receipt. Now, we keep saying one night and that is how we learned it and I, I'd like Lisa to chime in a little bit because it's, there it's are not necessarily that simple, but it can be that simple. Right. So it's simple. that It is that simple for South Dakota. We want you here. Yay, come to South Dakota. <laughs> be a resident here where we don't have any income tax. And so we do make it very simple for you to be a South Dakota resident here. And one of the things that the, the mailbox service does is it gives you an actual street address, which is critical here for getting your driver's license and then registering your car. You can't just go and think, well, why do I need this? I can just go get a post office box. That won't work. But it's not so much South Dakota that you have to be concerned about. It's your home state, or not necessarily your home state, but say you do own a home in another state, like if you guys do end up buying a place in New Mexico, but you really like our lack of income tax and <laughs> low vehicle registrations and stuff here in South Dakota, and you want to remain a resident in South Dakota, New Mexico might take a look at, well, are you really a South Dakota resident? And that's where you need to take it kind of a step further to prove your residency here. So technically what a lot of other states are going to look at, did you spend six months and a day in South Dakota? The beauty of that is you don't have to spend six months and a day actually in South Dakota. You can count anytime you are traveling as part of that six months and a day. So obviously if your time in New Mexico wouldn't count, but if you're in Arizona or Texas or Colorado, California, 
You were on your way to South Dakota, so that's part of your yeah. South Dakota time. Yep, you're okay. traveling, international travel, anything like that counts towards that. Other things they're going to look for are, where's your primary doctor at? Do you do any of your medical visits in South Dakota? Do you maybe have a bank account in South Dakota? Although now with so many banks being online, that's a little less something that they're going to look at. Where are you physically doing work? So for you guys doing a podcast, you can do that everywhere. That's pretty easy. But say you are a work camper and you spend maybe a year in New Mexico. Well, you know, you've got to take in consideration that no matter where your residency is, you are probably going to have to pay income tax to that state. Right. So they're going to look at things like that. Did you join a church here or any civic organizations? Did you register to vote? All those little things that a, a citizen would normally do is something that that other state that is really wanting to claim you as a resident so they can get your income tax <laughs> is going to be looking at to see, are you truly a South Dakota resident? Right. But as far as South Dakota is concerned, you're right. You spend one night here every five years and you are golden and you can go get your driver's license renewed. So It's amazing. And again, we never want to tell you we're giving you tax advice or financial advice. Right. This is more, if you are a full-time traveler, things that we've experienced that might be worth considering. Right. And we do get a lot mm -hmm. of questions about this sort of thing, domicile states and all yeah. of that. So that's what this is all about. And one other thing that I actually don't know the answer to this, but Lisa probably might. When you say that South Dakota doesn't have income tax, that means you don't file state income tax. That does not mean you don't file federal income tax, oh, right? Girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> no Very matter where point. you live in the United States, you file federal income tax. Tax. That is very, very true. Another yeah. thing I, I forgot to mention too, now like in South Dakota, if you own two homes, so say you you did own property here, a home here in South Dakota, and, did, and you owned one in New Mexico, something that they're going to look at, and, and this is, I can only speak towards South Dakota, is that if South Dakota decides that that is not your primary residence, then the tax rate on that property is quite a bit higher because it's considered a secondary home and not your primary place of residence. So for the property tax. Yeah. So okay. that's also something to take into consideration, you know, wherever you're declaring your residency. So if by chance you guys do buy a home in New Mexico, but you're not declaring residency there, how does your department of equalization, at least that's what we call it here, treat your home? Do they treat it like a vacation home? Or do they treat it like a regular right. harm? Or does it even matter? Right. It's always okay, good, good to deal. have a good accounting person. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, I've had the yeah. same accounting guy for a long time, 30 years, years, I think. Yeah. And I mean, he saves my bacon every year. <laughs> so I can afford bacon. Right. <laughs> bacon. Yeah. Okay, so now we've, we're in South Dakota. We actually spent three nights in a row here well, just to be over, yeah. oh, not to be overly <laughs> cautious, but that's how long it took us to get across the state. I thought it was just because you wanted to see me. Well, well that right. That's why, we went, that's why we came all the way from the East End to the West End. Well, and we are so used to things in California. Like people have told us, oh, you know, you just go to the DMV and get a license. Oh, you go to the county office and get your registration, blah, blah, blah. And we're so used to them going, eh, nope, sorry, that's not true. But we yeah, will get or, to that because, yeah. yeah in, it, oh, you waited in the wrong line for an hour and a half or right, something yeah, crazy like that. So let's talk about getting your driver's license. Now you have your mailbox from right? whatever, America's mailbox or whoever. or whoever. Now let's get our driver's licenses. So 
How difficult is that, Peggy? It is not difficult. <laughs> so I tried to make an appointment online, and there weren't any appointments available online. And so we were like, oh, boy, this is going to be a pretty bad experience. And people kept just saying, no, just go. Just go in there in the morning. Yes. You might have to wait a little while in line, but just go. So we just went. And we were, I'm pretty sure we were out of there with both of us having South Dakota driver's license in an hour. Yeah, probably. And I mean, they hand you, this may not be a surprise for some of you, but in California, you do the process and then they mail you the license in a few weeks or whatever. And sometimes they mail it to you and tell you, your picture's no good. You yeah, need to come back in. you need to come in. back in, <laughs> make an appointment and sit there for half a day. Yeah. And then... We'll redo it. But anyway. Anyway, so this was so easy. Now, what we had with us was our old California driver's license, a passport, our social security card, the original card, which is right. important. You have to have the actual card. And we had our birth certificates. What they used was the driver's license, the passport, and the social security card. But they could have also used the birth certificate if you don't have a passport. The thing is, you want to have all this paperwork in order. And something we found out by listening to someone else not be successful in this process, it was a lady. She had been married for a while and thus had changed her name from whatever her original name was and had no record of the name change. And so the guy at the DMV was like, yeah, you need that too. So right. if you're Smith and you've changed to Jones, it's probably good to have a record, your marriage certificate and any court documents, anything that proves you are who you are. Right. So in various stories and various people that we talked to, I heard that someone was required to actually have their divorce certificate, maybe yeah. for a name change. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize because, you know, this isn't something I think about every day, but... I've had a social security number since I was a little child and the social security card that I found in our safe was like the original one. Well, it, it was probably issued when I was in high school or something based on the, how I signed my name. Yeah. It was chiseled in stone. Chiseled in stone. <laughs> and then I had to, when we were at the other office that we'll talk about later, I had to actually sign another form that said the name on that social security card is me. I mean, you know, that's the same person. Well, then I went back through our box of paperwork and I found my social security card with my current married name, which would have been a lot simpler. Yeah. <laughs> but fortunately, I found that before we went to the DMV. So we, and do you call it DMV here? We do call it yeah, DMV. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We found some, some of the government like, offices yeah, have different names. MVD mm -hmm. or something. I'm like, wait, what? So anyway, yeah, have everything in order. Tony was glad that, so when I went up, the passport number wasn't keying in properly. And finally, the woman that was helping me said, do you just, do you have your birth certificate? And I'll just use that. And I said, oh yeah, it's right here. Bing, bang, boom. So then Tony was like, oh man, I hope they don't need to see my birth certificate because he was born in Switzerland. Yeah, it's, it's all written, all in, written German. in German. He was a little concerned about, but it worked out. He didn't have to show that. So that was not a problem. But so just, you know, have everything you might need, you know, for, especially for women who have changed their names. I've changed my name twice. Well, what if I've been your name twice. is Prince Hibbity Belibbity Bee, but it used to be Tom Smith. What so if? So whatever name... What However if your you name prove is formerly your name is known your name. as Prince? 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. What would Prince do if he came to South Dakota? Well, right now he's being <laughs> he deceased. Really yeah. But anyway. That'd be. I, you got me. See. I don't know. That's I the symbol. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't realize this, and I'm just gonna tell you, married women, in case you it's been a while and you don't remember, you probably have a social security card with your current name on it. So find that before you go. Yeah. <laughs> and again, they did want the actual card to look at. Yes, not that so. receipt thing that says, here's your card. Yeah. And mine is so old, speaking of chiseled. And when I was a teenager, I thought, oh, it's going to fall apart. So I put scotch tape around the edges to make it better. And of course, that scotch tape in the past, oh, I don't know, five years or so. Or so. <laughs> has yellowed and it's pretty bad looking. So anyway, <laughs> they still took it. And they were, and the other thing is everybody has been super duper nice. Super nice. Can I ask, did they ask about a street address though? Did you have to show a street address? Because I know now as a, as a citizen of South Dakota, when I go into, on my last driver's license, I had a new street address and I had to take in mail that showed huh. my actual street address. No, they took the receipt from the America's Mailbox. But what place. America's Mailbox told us is, when you're having mail forwarded through the postal service, use PMB, the postal mailbox, okay, to have mail sent to them. But don't use PMB because that's not a street address. Right. And so they actually advised us to either use the word suite or apartment yeah. or something like that. Or so number, it, it looks more like it's not a box. Right. So did you use their street address then is that what you- yes. we use america's mailbox street address okay and then suite or apartment or number and then our mailbox mm-hmm. number because i had you guys mail me yeah. that's right mail, yes and that was why in case we needed an actual yeah residential yep. address yep. but we yeah. did get a lovely letter from our niece lucy so that's right shout out to you lucy <laughs> thanks for the letter Okay, so the DMV. So now you leave with your driver's license, which just blows my mind. Right. An actual driver's license with the picture that's the right size. Yeah. and They, they let even, us smile. Yeah, the, the dude <laughs> was so nice. Let us smile and stuff. One other funny little surprise, and I don't know if this is new since I first got a driver's license 106 years ago, or if it's a state thing, but... They did not ask for hair color. So I recently yeah. changed I recently dyed my hair purple last week and I was in the shower that morning and I thought, what am I going to put for hair color? Am I going to put purple? Am I going to put brown, which is really my natural hair color? Or am what? I going to put gray because there's a lot of gray in my hair? Or am I going to put red, which everyone in the last 30 years thinks is my natural hair color? I was a little bit stressed, and then we got there, and they don't ask for hair color. Yeah. Tony well, was a little I was, disappointed. I was bummed because in California, one time I was getting a new driver's license, and that is a question, hair color. And I said to the lady behind the counter, I'm like, what do you do if you don't have hair? Because I've been shaving my hair for a very long time. And she looked, and she goes, oh, bald is an option. And my hair color on my California driver's license was bald. So there you go. So if if you're staying in California and they ask and you happen to have my same hair color bald, that's an option. I don't know what I would have done in California. You and me both, Piggy. (laughs) We both have purple hair. Well, that's what the the gent behind the counter said at the South Dakota DMV. He's like, yeah, everybody changes it. Why should we bother Everybody changes it and it's so easy to change. So it's not really a legal description of your being. Yeah. 
So now we're going to go and register our vehicles, yeah. our vehicles. And that was a different office. It's not the DMV. Which is different from California as well. Yeah, it was a county office. The treasurer's office. So again, have all of your paperwork. If you own the vehicle outright, have the title, which on the trailer, that was easy. We just had the title. But on our truck, there's a loan on it. Mm -hmm. And so we needed a title request form to be completed by your lender. Right. And we weren't able to get that on time. So we actually have not completed the process. So Lisa will come back when we have the, <laughs> the truck paperwork in order. <laughs> yeah, to get our South Dakota license plates on the truck, which should be not too long from not now. Not too long. But anyway, that's again, as Tony said, you need to show that you're the owner and you need to show who you are. So that same identification, that social security card and thing, you're still going to need that stuff. Of course, the title to the actual vehicle. Right. Or or from the lending agency. And you also, if you do have the title to your vehicle, you have to prove what taxes you paid, if any. And if not, it's a 4% tax. Right. It's a 4% tax here. They call it excise tax. But I was reading and, and what I read is, now you people in New York, this is not the same kind of excise tax that you're used to. So I don't even know what that word means. But essentially... From our perspective, we think of it as a sales tax. Yeah. So have all your ducks in a row, as it were. Have as much paperwork as you can find, mm -hmm. including proof of ownership, proof of any fees and taxes paid, just all of that stuff. Because again, we saw people turned away who did not have their paperwork in order. Right. So we paid... I'm not sure exactly how they determined how much our registration was. I know that... The person helping us asked me how many wheels were on the vehicle. And so I, it's partly by wheel, but then I was reading online somewhere and it said it's by weight. So it is kind of vehicle dependent. Yeah, yes. obviously. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then use too, whether you're using it commercially or non-commercial. Okay. Yeah. We can only tell you our experience. Each vehicle is different. Sure. And one of the things that I'm happy for is I didn't say five wheels because, you know, there is a spare tire. Oh, I didn't even think And what if that. you have two spare tires and you have six wheels? Oh, now stop it. Now you're just making stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, like I almost answered wrong because she said how many wheels and my brain said how many axles and I almost said two. And then mm. I was like, oh, no, she said wheels. And then I was like, well, wouldn't it be easy to determine? But maybe not, because if you've got two axles, if you have dual tires on your rear axle, yeah, then you you've got like six a, wheels and the two axle, you know, it's just... Yeah, if you have a Class A with a tag axle, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wheels. Okay. Mm. See? <laughs> so there you go. All right. So what are the challenges? And one of the things, again, go back to if you have a great accountant that you have been working with, that is somebody who you're going to want to talk to about all this For stuff. Sure. But yeah. one of the things, if you do choose to become a full-time RVer or a most-time RVer, you're going to want health insurance. Yes. So you probably already want health insurance. Yeah, you probably do. But if you haven't really ever moved around a lot, what you might not think about very much, which I hadn't, is that the health insurance that you have is probably pretty limited in how far away you can be from home to get care. Right. Now, in an emergency, of course, you're going to get care, and most insurances are going to cover 
that emergency, but here's how it was explained to us. And we have a good podcast episode. We do. That's also right. About and, this. and so it's actually, so, I'm repeating a story, but if you're a resident of California and you're vacationing in Texas and you break your leg playing pickleball, <laughs> <laughs> and that's always the way she tells the story, you can go in and get your ankle set or whatever in Texas. But if you need an operation and you've got to get pins, you need to go back to where your insurance covers you. Yeah, or your primary coverage is. Your, your emergency portion can be covered, but your main location is you need to be there. So if you're a full-timer or if you're traveling a lot like we are. A lot-timer. A lot-timer. You might not have a primary place that you want to go. And uh, according to what Lisa said a little earlier, perhaps you might want to have a dock here in South Dakota. Right, right. But I mean, even in California for three years, I didn't have a primary physician because our doctor retired and I didn't get oh, the insurance company. finding anyone Trust new. me, I handled the paperwork. The insurance company picked someone well, for you. Well, right. You had one, you just never <laughs> saw them. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> the point being, you need to have insurance that is going to be usable when you need it right. and, and where so, you need it. Now, you may say, oh, well, I'm covered by the Affordable Care Act, the ACA. And yeah, that, again, this is all stuff, please do your research. But typically, those plans are your primary coverage is within a specific geography. Mm -hmm. And then outside, sure, they'll cover you for emergencies, but you may have to return to wherever the primary coverage is to do follow-up or whatever. And let's say, you know, gosh, let's hope you don't get some sort of an illness or have a long-term, need long-term care, you know, whatever it happens to be. Stay healthy, folks. But <laughs> we had to seek out coverage that covered us pretty much anywhere in the U.S. Right. And as such, because it is not part of the Affordable Care Act, there are absolute stipulations. For example, a tenant of the Affordable Care Act is that they have to cover you even with pre-existing conditions. Right. Well, if you are outside of the ACA, they don't have to. Right. So we have a friend who has a ongoing medical condition. Well, she couldn't get the same coverage as we have. Right, right. And of course, if you're over 65 and you're on Medicare, all of this doesn't matter, right? You're covered. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have, in two other episodes, we have talked to RV insurance benefits kind of each October. And I think we'll probably continue to do this is get like updates when open enrollment time comes, October, November, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed on what's going on in the insurance world. Right. We did talk to RV insurance benefits, Colleen and Luann. We also talked to yeah. some other people. We Well, as what I feel due diligence, we spoke with a number of providers and their agents. And boy, it was everything from the typical used car salesman to people who didn't know what they were talking about. And of course, some who did. Right. Whatever you pick, please, please do a good amount of research because this is pretty critical stuff. Getting out of the ACA for us... We did have a subsidy because of declared income, and we no longer have a subsidy, and it is expensive. Right. So this is one place where we're not saving money. No, not at all. <laughs> but we are covered if we have any kind of medical needs anywhere we are. So yeah. there's that definite trade-off. The other thing that did affect us was car insurance, and we had a great car insurance company. That 
covered California very well. Yeah, it covers the five western states, so like Oregon, Washington, Nevada, California, uh, maybe Colorado, something like but that. But it's unfortunately not available in New Mexico or South Dakota. Correct. <laughs> in fact, I have a friend who's an insurance adjuster, and when we were going through the thing with the previous trailer, he was amazed at how they handled it, and I was very pleased with that company. Mm-hmm. But we can't use them anymore. Sadly. Yeah. So we had to shop for car insurance. And again, same thing. We talked to a whole bunch of different providers. Look at not just your cost, but how they cover, where they cover, what the claims experience is, how the company's rated. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to know. And we literally lost our minds doing all this comparison of medical and car insurance and domicile in about a week's time. In about a week's time. And so we have made our decisions. We have signed up for our insurances and things like that. But literally like later in the day from one of our applications uh, was talking to a friend and she said oh yeah I did that the first year too and now I realize that we made a mistake so perhaps we've made mistakes and perhaps we in the next six months to a year we will have time to look into things a little bit more and maybe we'll make some changes but we just want to remind you that these are the things that you're going to have to think about if you're a resident of one state and you become a resident of another state or a resident of the United States with a domicile state that you've declared, these are the things that you need to make sure you take care of. Yeah, and again, this really applies. If you have a home and just occasionally travel, none of this is relevant, right? Right, right. But if you plan to go most time or full time on the road, and we have a lot of listeners who have done that, these are things that apply to you and decisions that you should make to be at the best place you can be you know, financially, I guess, and and statally. And statally. (laughs) So for those of you who saw us posting on our personal Facebook places that we were now South Dakota residents and you freaked out because you just knew you remembered we were going to New Mexico, you're not wrong. Correct. (laughs) We haven't gone to New Mexico yet to start shopping. No, because we still can't unload the house in California. Because somebody needs to buy our house in California before we can do that. Perhaps it's one of you. We have loved our visits through the states we've been in. We've been from Indiana through Illinois and Iowa. We didn't get to Nebraska this year. We did last year. No, we did briefly. Oh, on the way out. Yeah. And then, you know, South Dakota and everywhere we've been has been, I mean, it's late spring. It's beautiful. Yeah, the Chamber of Commerce <laughs> couldn't have done a better job and of Tony planning keeps the weather. Saying, well, maybe we should live here. Well, maybe we should live here. But I keep reminding him we're above that latitude that has snow. Yeah. And so <laughs> everywhere we've been for the past month, in the wintertime, it will be snowy. And this is not our destination of choice so for that reason alone yeah and it used to be you you should know it used to be my goal when i was a young lad to live on a boat such that i could spend summer in basically the united states and then the equivalent of winter months in australia so i would basically be chasing summer, summer around the planet all year long. that was yeah. the, that used to be my goal it's unrealistic and it never happened <laughs> So when we eventually make our way to New Mexico and buy property and start making some decisions on where we're actually going to be domiciled, you'll 
probably get the same episode with all new updates. <laughs> yeah. And maybe we'll be fortunate enough to be sitting at Lisa's house and yeah. have her back on. Right. And speaking of which, right after this, we want to hear a little bit more about Girl Camper, the Girl Camper chapters, and all of that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. <laughs> All right. We are back and we have the vice president of operations for Girl <laughs> Camper and the South Dakota Girl Camper Guide, Lisa McDermott who we count as a friend, but also we thought you all might want to know a little more about Girl Camper. So what can you tell us about that wonderful organization? So it's quickly becoming one of the largest women's camping organizations in the country, which we're pretty excited about. We start out as a podcast. Yes. Someday we hope to bring the podcast back because I know I miss it, but I have such a great podcast with you guys to listen to to fill in <laughs> with my fix there. We have a great magazine that comes out quarterly. It yes. is beautiful. beautiful. It magazine. really is. It's an award-winning magazine. We're pretty proud about that. And you can get it both in print or digital form. But we also have over 25 guides across the United States. What a guide does is that she organizes and hosts camping events in her state and surrounding states if there's not a guide there. Or she maybe teams up if you maybe don't want to be a guide, you want to be a hostess of an event. The guides are always looking for, we call them co-hostesses, to help us organize more camping events. And most of our events are women only. We do do occasionally ones with husbands and children. But we really like to keep them women only because it's, um, sorry, Tony, it's just more fun. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to argue with that because Peggy has been on some of these campouts and I get to see the pictures after the fact. And I have the good fortune of contributing, well, Peggy and I both to the magazine and to the website. And just seeing the pictures, I mean, I'm jealous. There needs to be like dude camper but all we do is sit around and discuss politics and batteries. Well, so dear. talk to Damien again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When we talked to Damien from Rootless Living, he said he had a new magazine coming out, and we were talking with Janine also, and so he said he was going to name his new magazine Boy Camper. There you yeah. go. There well, you I go. Don't know. I think, I, yeah, you guys just do it upright, and it's, I mean, you have these amazing cookouts and just the the events look so much fun and the magazine as you said that won a very prestigious award against some pretty big name magazines for yeah it did the design but you know our events and stuff there there's no wrong way to camp like a girl is one of the things well we there's like to say. there is if i put on a muumu well this is true. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's being a fake female that's yeah. the wrong way <laughs> but you know you can car camp you can tent camp you can you you, you don't want to do any of that you want to camp, stay in a lodge that's fine too our whole thing is let's just get you out 
there and doing it. And we have events that we just finished up a Route 66 event where they, I think they covered three states and they're going to do part two next year. And there was, I think, 40 women possibly on that. Our signature event is this fall. It's Camporee. Janine Pettit will be there. And it (laughs) is here in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota in Custer. We have about 100 women that come to that. We, We still have some openings. So if anybody's interested, please come and sign up. It is four days jam pack with a lot of stuff to see and do and fun but also with a a nice amount of free time so that you can take advantage of being out here in the black hills and go see mount rushmore or the badlands or jewel cave national park or wind cave national park so yeah we do a lot of things and it's it's really fun it's fun to fun to have been at the kind of the start of this and then to see what it we're expanding into now yeah, it's it's a huge organization. And where, if somebody wanted to be a girl camper, learn more about the events and all that, where would they go? To our website, which is girlcamper.com. And then we also have Facebook groups all over, but I would start at the website and then kind of expand there, find our Facebook group for Girl Camper. And then we have Facebook groups in each one of the states that we have. We currently have chapters in. And if, if you happen to be in a state that doesn't have a chapter, reach out to us and talk to us about becoming the Girl Camper Guide in that state. Yeah, yes. it's, a, it's a super organization. Thank you, Lisa, for helping us to not misinform our audience. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, you know, it's something that I went through myself about 10 years ago. I've been through the process a little bit, and I was super glad to help you guys. And plus, you are a super host. We got <laughs> to go to a party. Yeah, yeah, awesome tour guide. Cue the buffalo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? That was so fun. <laughs> well, thank you again, and uh, we look forward to coming and mooching from you in the future yeah (laughs) good (laughs) so last week you know we were talking about screen tents tony said peggy had an itch to get a screen tent and peggy retorted with that's because tony gets the itch from the mosquito bites and i did last night (laughs) so our responses were three clams and a gazelle (laughs) (laughs) Clam. so i don't know if all screen tents are named after animals but I know they're not because I didn't write my answer in the group. I should have, but I've been doing a little bit of research and, you know, you can do things like buy an easy up and then later buy some screen walls to add to your easy up. And that's a way to do it. When I was researching to figure out all the different ways that we might have a screen tint in our lives, I was on the Sylvan sport website and they have such great, products i they just do. love them and we've had tom dempsey on the show and mm-hmm. what a he's really an innovative guy and right. the company is super innovative too they make neat stuff they do make neat stuff including they have the sylvan go which is a small travel trailer or a small trailer that you can camp in it, i think it's more functional than just Right? It's more, yeah, it's, more uh, versatile yeah, than it, just a travel trailer. It was our RV of the week a few weeks ago, few weeks if ago. I remember right. And they make a Gozebo, which actually has kind of a tunnel port <laughs> that attaches so that you can attach this gazebo to the side of the Sylvan Go and expand the amount of size that you have in your camper. And I liked the Gozebo because it has a floor. So even though... You know, you have a screen tent like a a clam with walls. And I know that those are super easy to put up and they are the number one favorite by most people. But what one of the things that I was looking at is a floor because 
as I think Lisa was telling me, actually, if you get a clam mm-hmm. and then you put it up and then you put your cats in there, they're just going to pop out under the <laughs> bottom of the screen. But if you have that would one be that's a cat catastrophe. But if you... (laughs) Lisa still laughs at my puns. I love you, Lisa. But if you get something with a floor like the gazebo, then they're a little bit more contained. I like the gazebo because it can be a tent. You can close down the like solid walls or you can lift those walls and just have screen walls or you can lift all the walls and just have a floor and a cover. So thank you everyone for answering that. And I hope that you all get or have the screen tent that you want and love. Absolutely. This week, based on our story, I was kind of wondering out there in listener land, how many of you full-time and have you gone through a change of domicile state? We do have people who have reached out to us, some who are planning to change and some who have changed. You can answer that question and just get advice and and speak with others on our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. That's a lot of words. It is a lot of words. (laughs) Maybe we'll change the name someday, but probably not. No way. We know what happens when that happens. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So... Of course, we want you to go and check out that Facebook group, the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group, which is fun and friendly. Haha, <laughs> I said it in a different order. Indeed. <laughs> but we also, of course, want you to go to our website. And if you go to the website and you want to sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is a free weekly newsletter, you can go on any page, go to the bottom of the page and sign up for our weekly newsletter. We will send it once a week. We will not sell your name to anyone. We just want to remind you that a podcast episode is coming out and we share news from around the RV world. Including this past week, some interesting news from Yellowstone. Yeah. Holy cow. And don't forget, while you're on our website, there's our discounts and deals for the best deals you'll need on your stressless camping adventure. Oh, and if you've got one for our audience, let us know. Yes, please. You know, we're in all the social places, but as I said, start at stresslesscamping.com. And then when you're done there, because you've seen all the deals and all the, (laughs) (laughs) and you've signed up for the newsletter and you've read the show notes for episode 156, which is what we're on today, then you can go up to the top right and use those cute little icons and jump off into any of those other social places that you'd like to be. Yep, and of course, if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free! Free to subscribe on any podcast catcher. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And, as always, a reminder, a review really helps others to find us, and when we have more listeners, we can continue to mooch in the best places (laughs) and have the best guests. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been getting a little bit behind on our thank yous, and I want to take a moment to recognize the latest reviews on Apple Podcasts from J2 Doghouse, Doug and Erica, Jimmy Hops, Nana Mary123, Briley Jan, and Mark J60. I have to say, it is an absolute privilege to be able to serve you all, and we are sincerely grateful for the opportunity to do so. Thank you again for joining us this week from South Dakota, the Black Hills of South Dakota. Next week, we'll be coming to you from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yes. We appreciate your being here with us and happy camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stress-less camping adventure. 
We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! Which is a free weekly newsletter. Wait, you say that over, because it almost sounded like you said naked. Oh, man. Which is a free week... (laughs) (laughs) Which is a free weekly newsletter. Yeah, including at least this...